everyone. So I'm I've got the um, the chat for the uh, Facebook page down the side there. So if anyone's got any questions or comments or something, feel free to type them in there, and I'll I'll try and multitask and keep one eye on my sermon notes and one eye on the chat, and we'll we'll see how we go. It's a bit like patting your head and rubbing your tummy, but we'll see how we go. So we've been doing a fantastic series around being over fear and uh, we've been having a look at uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7, around about the spirit of God not giving us fear but of power and love and a sound mind. And uh, Dave sent me a text and said, that looks terrific, it should be fun. I didn't realise it was going to be a bit more of a challenge than I'd initially anticipated. Um, I'll, I'll read for you just a variety of different verses from um, different translations of the Bible. So the Good News Bible translates 2 Timothy 1.7 as, For the spirit uh, that God has given us does not make us timid. Instead, his spirit fills us with power, love, and self-control. King James Version says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Um, the New International Reader's Version says, God didn't give us a spirit that makes us weak and fearful. He gave us a spirit that gives us power and love that helps us control ourselves. The NIV says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. And the World English Bible says, for God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and self-control. So as you can see, as many people that have done or groups that have done translations have come up with a different way of trying to phrase it. And it very much looks like it's just one of those words that appears in another language, which is Greek in this case, which we haven't got an exact word for in English. So the word is uh, sophronismos and Vine's Bible Dictionary says it's a, it's a word that's um, two words joined together and it only appears once in the whole of the Bible. Uh, the first part of the word is um, from sos, which means, or sozo, which means um, to save or is safe. And fren is the mind. And so it's literally saving the mind or a safe mind. And that's where we get the, the uh, sound mind bit from. So a number of uh, commentators have come at it from different angles. Um, uh, Eliot's commentary says, uh, the spirit works in us self-control that power which in the man or woman living in and mixing with the world and exposed to its various temptations and pleasures is able to regulate and keep in a wise um, subjection, powers, desires and impulses. Barnes notes on the Bible says it's of a sound mind, denotes a sober mind, a man or woman of prudence and discretion. It's well balanced under right influences and sees things in their just proportions, everything in its proper place. The Pullman the pulpit commentary says, comment, uh, translates it as discipline, and only here in the New Testament is it found. Um, and other translations, such as to teach or to train, um, uh, are similar. And it says it's not really a very happy translation, the word discipline, though it gives the meaning of correction or sound instruction, and maybe that's closer to the term. Other commentators have talked about um, how David also pointed out last week that it was written by Paul to Timothy um, and 
Paul's purpose was twofold. So one is he was trying to encourage Timothy. He was trying to, trying to build him up and, and he had a huge job that he had to do. And he was trying to um, do two things. One was both to encourage Timothy for his own sake and his own walk, but it was also so that Timothy could then minister to the church that he had to run. And so it's it's got two components to it when Paul's talking to Timothy. It's, it's um, God's given us a spirit to overcome fear in these circumstances and of love and power and a sound mind, but it's not just for your sake, it's so that you can minister to the church, to the church. So we end up with then Drew's translation. Um, so this is my take on trying to put all of that together, which is the spirit helps us train our emotions, impulses and reactions so that our minds can regain a sense of proper proportion and right action. And there's a sense that the spirit empowers this training in us and then empowers us to encourage this soundness of mind in others. So as the spirit helps us train our emotions, impulses and reactions, which includes fear, of course, um, and regain a sense of proper proportion so we get things in their right place, um, which is exactly what uh, uh, we, we had so beautifully uh, brought to us during the, the worship time. The sense that the spirit empowers this training in us and then empowers us to encourage this soundness of mind in others which is a lot of words to try to explain one word. So unfortunately, we don't speak Greek, so we're going to have to use lots of words to try to understand what sophronismos means. So let's have a look at what soundness of mind does not look like in the Bible. Let's, have a, let's run through a few things here. So you might be aware or be familiar with um, uh, that idea of um, the fight or flight response. You know, you might have heard... People talk about that. The um, psychologists talk about our kind of responses that we have to things that are threatening to us. So if um, we have a uh, thing that's in front of us that's causing us concern, that we become anxious about, that um, causes us to fear, then we have this sort of a, a series of innate responses. And I initially talked about this, you know, flight or fight response. Um, and more recently, people have also recognised that like, there's a third response that happens, which is this kind of freeze response, which is where um, you know, people just uh, are unable to act. They're just not able to make um, any kind of um, decision. They're not able to move forward. In fact, they might even be physically frozen where they are in the face of the threat that they've got. So let's just run through those. So let's just have a few examples of those things in the Bible. So if we go to 1 Samuel 17 and verses 23, and Dave's brought this up previously, and it's about David and Goliath. And this is the flight response. And uh, it's as as he that's David was talking with them. So David's David's gone down and he's um he's with his brothers, and as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. And whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. So there's this giant who's come out and stood in front of them and, and threatened them and shouted his defiance at them, and uh, the Israelites 
whose lives ran um, in, in fear of flight response. About the fight response, let's have a look in Mark and uh, chapter 14, verses 43 through to 48, and this is in the, um, the Garden of Gethsemane. So just as he was speaking, this is um, Jesus out in the garden, just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the 12, appeared, and with him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests uh, and the teachers of the law and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Uh, and going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. And the men seized Jesus and arrested him. And one of those standing near, that's Peter, we understand now, drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. And Jesus said, am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you've come out with swords and clubs to capture me? So the fight response. So in this case, Peter's response was one of fight. It's like, you know, he saw this crowd of crowd of um, men with swords and clubs and uh, and his response was it was anger and you know you're not taking Jesus. I'm going to I'm going to stop this by fighting him. Let's have a look at the freeze response. Um, Matthew chapter fourteen through to four, uh, twenty two verse through to verse thirty. Immediately, so immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. So this was after the um, the loaves and fishes miracle. One of the two loaves and fishes miracles. And after he dismissed them, he went up onto a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before Jesus, shortly before dawn, Jesus went to them walking on the lake. Uh, and when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. So here we have this kind of freeze response where the disciples are terrified and they're not able to, to act now. And then Peter initially is quite bold and then starts walking out, but then he sees he says he walked on that. He saw the wind and he saw the big waves and he was afraid. And all of a sudden, he's just not able to act anymore. He just freezes and stops where he is. He's not able to move. And I think all of us can recognize in ourselves that um, tendency to any one of those responses when we're faced with something that is a threat to us or a threat to our family. And we live in a time of really significant threat. Uh, and some of it's very real. You know, we've, we've, got, we've got a pandemic with a, with a virus that's, you know, can be very dangerous. And we're also dealing with the threat of um, you know, perhaps our, our workplaces or our, our business not working and being out of work and, the financial strains of that, and we've also got lots of other just, you know, things that threaten us, for example, you know, our inability to um, meet with other people, to socialise, to make the normal contacts that we have. We've got threats to our relationships. We've got threats to our home life, you know, trying to, trying to work from home or homeschool, 
at the same time look after young children while you're trying to undertake a job. You know, there's reason why reasons why we have workplaces is so that you can just knuckle down and get some work done. And um, it's just not easy when you're trying to homeschool at the same time or look after toddlers or, or the other caring roles. And all of those are significant threats, very significant threats to us. So how do we move forward on this? So how do we how do we make sense of uh, the whole idea that uh, God hasn't given us a spirit that leads again to fear, but of love and power and this sound mind? So this this mind that is is self-controlled, it's self-disciplined, it, it it views things so that it's got proper proportions so that it sees things as they really are they see things from a god perspective and is then able to act in a balanced way in that situation because goodness knows that's what all of us want at the moment that's that's what we want well let's let's try this approach uh, it's it's very hard if you've ever like fasting or stopping stopping uh, a habit you know, stopping smoking, getting more exercise, eating better, any of those kinds of things. Who knows that it's just really hard to do just by thinking harder about it, right? So it's it's so difficult to just uh, go, right, I'm now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I've, I've, I've got my mind fixed on it. God, I'm going to be self-controlled and self-disciplined. The harder I think about it, the more I fail at it, right? So who knows that just concentrating harder on working something out is frequently not the way to go. Often a better way to go is to start with some other habits of mind, um, some other things that we've already got a bit of a handle on, strengthen those uh, so that we've got somewhere to start, so that we're replacing one thing which is our our anxious thoughts and our fear in the face of whatever the threat is in front of us. Let's let's replace them with some other disciplines of mind that uh, we can now use to then deal with whatever this giant is, whatever this armed mob is, whatever this wind and raging storm is, this thing that's in front of us that's causing us to be fearful, and probably reasonably so. Uh, what can we do? What, how, how do we approach this? So let's go back to a, a, a really favourite verse that all of us would be aware of in Philippians. Um, and then we'll go to another, another favourite verse in uh, 1 Corinthians. So in Philippians says, therefore, uh, chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, Therefore, my dear brothers, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act to fulfil his good purpose. So the bit that I want to point out here is that there's two things happening simultaneously. It's we're told to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. So there's stuff that we've got to do, and that's that's our part of it. We're 
um, we're needing to work out our salvation. We've got to, we need to, we need to put some effort in here. And we've got to do it with a fair bit of um, realisation of how important it is, um, Paul says. You know, we do it with fear and trembling. So it's, it's something that we've got to put our minds to. But it's not like we have to do it all ourselves because it's God who works in us to will and act in order to fill his good purpose. So the Holy Spirit is our empowerer and our coach. I made that word up, empowerer. Um, but we need to act. We need to work it out. So let's start here. Let's look at three character strengths or virtues with which we're already familiar so that we can start working with the Holy Spirit on this. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So let's look at these three character traits. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. We're familiar with those. We've got a handle on those. Let's see how these might help us. So faith is, let's define faith as trusting God, his goodness and faithfulness. And let's think about where our vision is. So we might have a giant, we might have an armed mob, we might have a storm, we might have a pandemic in front of us. Instead of fixing our eyes on that thing, which is only stirring up a fight or a flight or a freeze response, let's think about faith. And the thing about faith is that it causes us to look up. So, so I can't help but when I think about faith, my faith in God, his goodness and faithfulness, I've got to look up. It's, it's just my natural response. Uh, my heart rises and my, my vision goes up to God. Hebrews 11, uh, verses 1 through to 3. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about, we, about what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was physical. So faith, faith changes the direction of my vision. Instead of it being in front of me, I'm, I'm, I'm now looking up. And in, the, the Bible gives us a few hints there. It says, understand that the universe was formed at God's command. You know, uh, one of the things that at least the lockdown makes you do is you've, you've got to go and get some exercise just to get out of the house. So you go for a walk and I can't help but I, I, I look around where I live and I, I look at the sky and uh, it's wonderful where we are. I can go for a walk and I can look at the ocean. I can look at everything. I can't help but my heart rise up and think, God, you made all of this. Goodness, surely you can look after us. I have that confidence. You know, you who created just the, the vastness of this planet, of which I can only just see this little portion, but already it's, it's awesome and awe-inspiring. Surely you can look after me. I know that you can. So faith, faith has me think about the nature of God. Faith also has me think about all of the things that God's done previously in my life where things have been tough and... I might not have necessarily felt God right at the time, but he's, he's brought me through. And there's been some, been some tough times um, and some, you know, real threats to 
you know, the, the health or welfare of my, my, my kids um, or my family more broadly or, or significant pressures um, or disappointments or, or things that have happened. And God's, God's brought us through. And it doesn't mean that things, God stops things from being hard or difficult or dangerous at times. We live in a we live in a real world. So God, God's bestowed on us the privilege of living in a world where there's real results from actions. And we live in that world, which means that some of those results aren't great. But it's a privilege to live in a world where we have the ability to make real decisions. But God is always there and God's always brought, always brought me through. And whether in this world or the next world, it will continue to bring me through. My, my faith makes me look up. What about hope? What's hope? Hope is assuredness of God's salvation. Hope's not something wishy-washy. We, we live in a world where people say, oh, I hope things work out. It's a bit like I hope I win the lottery. It's like, well, there's not much chance there, but I can find a bit of hope. Hope in the Bible is a vastly different thing. Hope is knowing that something better is coming. It's, it's it's coming, and it's an assuredness. And hope springs from faith. So hope springs from the 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 well of my trust in God. But it's not just a trust in God and His and His goodness and who it is. It's He said He will save us. He will bring us through. Um, you know the Bible says, you know, I I have plans for you, and therefore. It's for your welfare and not for your destruction. I find hope has me looking at the horizon. It, instead of looking at the thing in front of me, I find when I'm looking at, when I'm thinking about hope and the, the good that God will bring, the, the way that God will bring us through, the good things in the future, whether that's in this world or the next and or the next, I, I'm looking forward to that time when God will wipe every tear from every eye that he will bring us through and what he will bring us through to is a, is a wonderful thing. So um, uh, we have here um, hope and assuredness of God's salvation, which causes us to look to the horizon. In Psalm, uh, Psalm 121, a song of ascents, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? That idea that the psalmist is looking, looking to the horizon. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. Um, he watches over you. He, he does not slumber. And finally, let's have a think about love. And uh, uh, love, um, love for God um, and our brothers and sisters in the church. And the, the word that's used as love in that, um, that verse in uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is an agape love. Um, it's, uh, it, it's an unconditional love, uh, which is uh, demonstrated by Christ on the cross, poured out for us, and then also demonstrated by um, uh, our love you know, back towards God. And I'll just read out for you in Colossians um, about uh, love, uh, verses 
317. Uh, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, city, and slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. God's love, which is poured into me and now pours out, it causes me to look around. I, I, have, to, I have to now look around. I, my, my love compels me to look around. How can, I, how can I help? How can I build up those around me? But also, how can I be a recipient of the love that people are, are pouring towards me? And how can I accept that love? How can I be built up by that love? So look, thank you so much. I was so encouraged by that, to take those things to heart, not to push that love away, but to accept it and be built up by it. If we run through those three, those three character traits, those three virtues, those three things that we're trying to build up now, so it's the faith that causes us to look upwards, um, and that's built um, built up by strengthening with uh, the word of God and recalling God's goodness and faithfulness from past experience. And that's certainly something we can all do. You can know lately have been listening to a, a, a podcast. Um, it's, it's just great. It's just a, it's just a great way of uh, uh, listening to the Bible and, and listening to a commentator talk about it. We listen to uh, the Bible in one year by um, Nikki Gumbel, who started the sort of Alpha course. It's terrific. It builds us up. Makes, it helps us be thankful and we can start to talk about the way that God's brought us through um, various things in the past and it gives us courage then about um, God's protection over us. Hope, how can we build up hope? How can we take our eyes um, off the thing in front of us now and look forward to the horizon? We strengthen that. I, I agree. I think we strengthen that with praise and worship. I, I, whenever I'm involved in praise and worship, my heart is lifted to a, to a hope in God, to a better place. And uh, uh, that's moved forward through that. And how can we strengthen love? Well, obviously, that's through fellowship and that's through meeting uh, any way we can. <laughs> At the moment, it's online, but it's, it's better when it's in person, isn't it, um, with our brothers and sisters and, and acting towards that. But it takes discipline and time, and I'm just about to finish up now. So remember, it does take time, as any training will. However, if we can, if we can concentrate on those things, faith, I look up. Hope, I look to the horizon. Love, I look around me. And I've, I've been working on this uh, in the last fortnight since I've been working on the sermon, and it, I've found my heart has been lightened significantly. What's happened is that the giant in front of me starts to shrink down so that I can now see, I can knock it off with a stone. The giant becomes small enough that it, it can be taken out with a stone. The, the mob becomes, 
of such a size now that my heart has some rest and I can trust in God's protection upon the situation. I, the, the storm I can see, no, God's got this. Like God can calm the storm. And my heart settles instead of fixing on the thing and the thing becoming bigger than it really needs to be, I can look up, I can look to the horizon, I can look around me and the thing that's been causing me so much fear in front of me starts to now shrink down into a size that I've got things in their right proportion. This is manageable. God's got it. God's got me. It's going to work out in the end. What can I do to try to help this situation now because I need to act as well? But now I can act in a right mind. I can act in a way that um, I can move forward. I have a bit of a sense now of peace and things in right proportion. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's not what God wants. But he's given us power and love and he's given us a sound mind. 